This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. You know the uh, am I an a-hole section on Reddit. Ah, one of my favorites, yes. You just tell them your story or the circumstance you find yourself in, and they will let you know via the comments whether or not you are one. So a woman begins by explaining she's 28 and getting married in September. She writes that she has a blind friend who mostly relies on her guide dog. Mm-hmm. Now, the situation gets a little trickier as the bride has three chronic illnesses that she repeatedly, reportedly, sorry, takes 23 pills a day for, including an extreme, severe dog allergy. The woman explains when she meets up with her friend, she takes two allergy pills and they meet in open air spaces. However, because the pills make her so drowsy, she oh. falls asleep fairly quickly. Right. So that's how she sets the scene for this story. She goes on to explain the wedding will be very intimate in a small room. And she's pretty worried about the dog's presence in such a small venue with her allergies. Here's what she types. Finally, I talked to my friend about it. I explained the situation and said I would love her to come, but she can't bring the dog. I said that four of our mutual friends had offered to be on the roster and assist her should she need any assistance and she likely will she's blind alternatively if she's not comfortable with this she could bring a person a guest of her choosing to the wedding i think it's important to note that her dog is not for any additional issues like seizures or anything like that however unfortunately The friend was less than thrilled with this suggestion. She accused me of being ableist and thinking her disability can be switched off for a day. The woman wrote that she felt like a horrible person, but can't budge on her decision to not allow the dog. Do you think that she should allow that dog to come to the wedding or does she have every right As the host of this shindig, her wedding, to restrict access. Okay, this is such a complicated... This is more complicated than I thought when you first mentioned it this morning. When you first mentioned it, it, I thought this this woman getting married is a real something else. Bridezilla. Bridezilla to be nice. But in hearing about this further, can they not come up with something else? I understand that the the guide dog, very important, probably by this woman's side all the time, as they do. That's their job. Is there not an alternative where maybe for the day she could have a person guiding her? And is there not someone that can assist her that way instead of bringing the dog? There's got to be some kind of a conclusion that we can come to that makes sense for both parties well i mean that's what the bride offered she said i can set aside some designated people that'll be there for you if you need anything or i bring a guest and the guest can be your guide for the day like i think that why 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 is that not an okay thing or and if it's not i think that sorry but the guest has to say you know what this event is not for me uh i look forward to talking with you in a separate occasion after the fact and hearing all about it right the comments are almost split down the middle equally 50 50 some people are saying she should not go to that wedding other people are saying the bride is being unreasonable and should allow a guide dog her friend is blind friendship is important and if your friend relies on a dog to help her navigate the world then she should absolutely be allowed to bring the dog tough one right Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely tough. This is definitely a tough one, and feelings might get hurt. Oh, one, it seems like you they're know, hurt. Like that, it, it, weddings are one of those things. Weddings can be such a divider. There's always something. There's never really, if you have a big wedding, a drama-free wedding, it seems to me. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, they've got to come up with some kind of a conclusion. I think what the bride offered is fully fine. I do not think that she is an a-hole in this particular situation. I don't. Here's our question to you. Is the bride being unreasonable? Or should the woman, the friend, be allowed to bring their dog? 519-571-BEAT. Um, this uh, person sent in a text saying, good, good morning, the blind woman can go one day without her dog. And the bride did everything to make her feel comfortable. It is her big day. She doesn't want to fall asleep. Uh, yeah, uh, totally. I think I side with that. This one says the bride's not being unreasonable at all. Friendship is important. So is your health, especially on your wedding day. She came up with many options to help her friend and shouldn't feel bad that her allergy is preventing the dog from coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, she offered to have someone help her out. Is there anything to the argument that the blind woman is making? This isn't a disability that you can just switch off and on. But she's not asking her to switch the disability. She's asking her maybe to come up with a different a different way of assistance instead of her dog. Yep. Bring a person. Very it's not true. you're not asking a person to to not be blind for the day. My goodness. You're just saying we'll find an other means to help you out throughout the day. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Here's another text. The bride is being completely unreasonable. She definitely should be able to bring her dog. She is blind with lots of exclamation marks. Um, And you know what? We're divided here in reading the texts we're getting. People are divided on Reddit about this, too. Some people support the bride. Some people support the guest and her dog. Can we talk about bringing a dog to a wedding, though? If I was a dog, I wouldn't want to be in a wedding. That sounds like hell. <laughs> Especially if it's a like hot summer wedding. No thanks. Yeah. No uh, thanks. You know what? You go to the wedding. It's fine. Somebody else will help you out for the day. I'm going to chill here in the air conditioning and just top up the food bowl and I'll be good. Yep. Hang around with a bunch of people? No thank you. No, they're probably going to play the cha-cha slide. I'm out. I'm not going to that. <laughs> and if the macarena comes on, so help me God. Yeah. We're not going to get funky, 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 funky. I'll stay home. You have fun. I'm going to assume it's not tradition or even all that common for the maid of honor to pay for the bride's dress. No, no, I've actually, I've never heard of that ever. They pay for their own dresses, the maid of honor, but not the bride's dress. No. So here's the scenario. The maid of honor is the sister of the bride to be as an early present. She wanted to pay for the wedding dress. It reportedly cost about $3,500 plus alterations. Whoa. Apparently, it looked amazing on the bride-to-be. But now things have changed. With the pandemic, apparently the bride put on some weight. That quarantine 15 is a real thing. A lot of people put on weight. So now the dress needs to be altered. The bride went back to her sister and said, Hey, thanks a lot. This is great, but, uh, well, it doesn't fit. So the maid of honor said, Okay, so number one, your wedding is not until next year. You've got time to lose the weight. That's right. We don't need to have this altered. Bride went to her parents and said that her sister, the maid of honor, called her fat and insulted her. The sister says since she's already paid for the dress and the first round of alterations, she doesn't think she should have to pay any more money. Mm -hmm. But even the parents are ganging up on sis here, the maid of honor, saying, why would you spend that much money and then not kick in for the alterations to make it fit her nicely? She's basically going to have to scrap this perfectly great dress because you won't pay to get it altered. Oh my god, this is so ridiculous. Leave that family immediately. Bye. Pack your bags. Is that an expectation? The stupidest thing. No, this is one stupid, weird scenario. I've never heard of this before. Who's the gem marrying this gem? That's what ah, I want to know. I'd love to know who's putting up person. with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, she does have a year... If she put the weight on in three months, I would assume that in the next 12, she could probably lose it again, couldn't she? You have time. You have enough time. Yes. The fact that the if, if the if that's legit, if the parents are actually siding with the bride on this one, there's got to be a lot more to this family dynamic than it seems. That's kind of sure. get the impression that sister is very successful and yeah. well off, and the rest of the family's very aware yeah. of how successful and well off she is. 
I know there's people that want to weigh in on this. 519-571-BEAT to text us anytime. Uh, This text says, not the sister's fault that the bride gained weight, nor is it the sister's fault the bride's lazy. Pick up up some dumbbells like Britney Spears. Work, B. I like that one. (laughs) Uh, Amanda says, yeah, you should be grateful your sister paid for the dress in the first place. Isn't her fault the bride gained weight? And if she paid for the dress, why does she need to pay any more money to get the dress altered? I don't think she signed on for doing that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Linda says, bride needs to pay for her own alterations. Ridiculous. Can you think of a time when you lost your car? You parked it somewhere and you have no idea where yep. it was. Oh, yeah. And I've been so wrong. And and then I always get mad at myself because I got to take a mental note before I go into the store. I got to take a mental note. Okay, where am I again? I line myself up with this exit right over here or this door, this sign, whatever. Okay, I know. And sometimes I forget to do that. And yeah, absolutely. And I've been so wrong to the point where I've been on the other side of the parking lot where because I really, really forgot where I parked. There are certain malls, I find, that are basically a labyrinth. I mean, if you go to Yorkdale, you can go in one door, come out the same door, and be in a completely different spot. (laughs) And I know that sounds bizarre, (laughs) but it seems like it's true. Right. I swear it was gate or door six that I came out, but... There's the bay, and I saw sport check when I came in. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff. Right, yeah. I've done it before with the parking garage where I didn't take note of what floor of the parking garage I parked mm. on. I just went into the elevator and hit that lobby button, and then later I went, oh, I don't even know what level I'm on. My first time at Universal Studios in Orlando, I did the same thing. Turns out I parked on like the third level, which is, I don't know, like the Simpsons level. And I thought that I had parked on like Harry Potter level. I don't know. I couldn't find my car. (laughs) Everything looks the same. Along the same lines, though, Minneapolis area signs have appeared in a neighborhood after someone put up missing pet style signs about their car Mm. let me read you the sign i got too drunk parked my car and rode with a friend now we think my car is somewhere in the northern parts of hennepin county parked on a residential street Mm. i may have saved your life or your child's but now i can't find my car oh man It's uh, like a missing person or a missing pet style poster. Phone number and everything. Please call me if you see this car. How drunk were you that you aren't even really sure what area you were in? I mean, at least I know, okay, I was at Universal Studios. Right. I've just got to narrow it down from there. This person doesn't even know what county they were in. That's insane. I parked it on a street. Of course, you weren't going to park it on a lawn. Or in someone else's garage, but now you can't find the car. Did they at least tell us if they had a good night? Like, I hope you at least had a good night. (laughs) You gotta have a good night after that ordeal. I can almost assure you that that night was magical and the next morning was rough. (laughs) Rough, rough, rough. (laughs) Surveyed a thousand men and found about one in seven actually get turned on by the sound of Alexa's voice. Uh, Oh, okay, okay. Did they ask about more than just Alexa? They asked about voice assistants and Alexa's name came up. So, for example, when you say, hey, Alexa, play 91.5 The Beat. When Alexa responds, okay, playing 91.5 The Beat. Guys actually get a little turned on by that. Really? Kind of weird, isn't it? I feel like for some, it's some get easily turned on, though. Sure. Any woman talking to them would do it. Alexa, not a person. Although, I mean, since we're going down that road anyway, let me point out, when it comes to the virtual assistants, I think Siri actually sounds a little hotter. The problem is, <laughs> well, it's true. The problem is, Siri's not a very smart no. assistant. You, you like, always, Siri doesn't seem yeah. to know much of anything. You, anytime you ask Siri a question, just have Google up and ready, because there is a 99.9% chance that Siri will be very not helpful for you. You will See? eventually have to Google it. That's why the Google Home is usually my go-to. And that's the other problem. Then you get Google over there, who doesn't sound as hot, but is the smartest one of them all. Like, who do you pick? You've got hot sound in Siri that doesn't know much, and then you've got... Google, really smart. Alexa's right there in the middle, but very, very helpful and friendly. I don't know, Kat. I don't know which voice assistant turns me on more. Oh, wait, I do. None of them.
<laughs> I was You're actually surprised though. 14% of guys admit they're actually a little turned on by Alexa's voice. Uh, Alexa, Google, Siri, all ways that you can tell your phone to or speaker to play 91.5 The Beat. Go ahead and try it out. Hey, I was just listening to your, uh, your newscast there on Alexa. Okay, and how much does Alexa turn you on? I often have uh, Siri and Alexa uh, talking at the same time, just, you know, Set the moon, have a good evening, tell me the moon and the weather. <laughs> that sounds like a good night, my friend. Do you crack a beer first? Maybe open some wine? No, no, I need to keep my head clear. Keep your head clear and just listen to the two of them talk to you all night. That's right. And the best part is I can turn them off. Yeah, that's not Fair. yeah. And they're cheap. They're a cheap date for the most part. Once you pay the price up front, you're good. They are. It, it, it makes the dirty talk kind of hard when Siri's always giving me a Google answer, but, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> Have a great one. The deficit is $343 billion. The debt, $1.2 trillion. Mm, mm-hmm. There it is, the, the T word we were all expecting, right? We were expecting that, no? We were. We knew it was going to be bad. In fact, the prime minister did a news conference before the snapshot to basically warn us that it's going to be bad news. You know, Kat, with a debt like $1.2 trillion, I think we should just keep going. I say we're so far gone in debt, we might as well just keep spending. And now we can just buy the stuff we want. We should just print more money. And who cares how far in debt we are? We'll never pay it off anyway. Now's the time when we splurge. We splurge. We go crazy. You know that jet you've been eyeing? Buy it. Yeah. Let's get it. dental care for everybody. Let's do free tuition for everybody. Let's just keep spending. We're never going to be able to pay back $1.2 trillion. And who's calling for it anyway? What is Visa going to phone the prime minister and say, hey, guys, you're a little behind on your payments. We're going to have to uh, cancel your card if you don't uh, get caught up. No, they're not going to do that. So let's just keep spending. You know what? Let's splurge. Let's buy an island in the Caribbean and make it a province. Now's the time to do it. Since nobody's checking anyway, and since we're so far in debt, why not? Let's just keep spending. Don't ask questions. Worry about it later. So you're saying just worry about it later. We'll worry about it later. Or never. Or we'll just tuck it away and pretend it never happened. But there's people that are in the same situation. You know, they make their monthly payment on their credit card, but it's never really a substantial dent in the actual amount that you owe. It's really just covering interest. We're in the same predicament on a national level. So, since we're never going to be able to pay it off anyway, let's just splurge. (laughs) Let's go on a shopping spree. And when we run out of money, we can print more. The government is actually allowed to print Mm. money, unlike you with your little color photocopier. Let's buy a Canadian Disney World. We'll plunk it on said tropical island, and then we can all go vacation there, but we're still staying in Canada, keeping our Canadian dollars where they should be. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down. It's. I know there's some people thinking right now, oh, that's a ridiculous argument. How can we create even more debt? Why wouldn't we? Let's just keep spending. Why not? Islands, Disney World. We'll buy another NBA team and put it on the East Coast or something. Who cares? Let's just buy everything. We'll be in debt, but we'll have lots of cool stuff. Are we irresponsible? Very. Maybe. Okay, fine. One can make that argument. You could totally make that argument. (laughs) Sure, I understand your perspective. But let's do it. All right. Let's just start spending, everybody. I'm in. Whatever. Don't care anymore. 2020, who cares? Do you think Bill Morneau answers the phone when when Visa calls? Uh, Hi, Bill. We've noticed some unusual spending on your account. (laughs) (laughs) We bought an island, a Disney World, and a jet. You are spending more than you have? (laughs) Did you know that? It's been in the red for a while now. Yeah, we know. That's great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to get your take on this, and I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to tell me if you believe her. Then I'm going to ask you if you think it's fair. Woman writing an exam says she got cheated out of the mark she deserves. And here's why. She's a junior at the University of Georgia. During her exam, she was eating a meatball sandwich. (laughs) What? Okay. And she was right into this exam. She was doing well. She felt like she had a good grasp on the content. Everything was going great. But then, typical of a meatball sandwich, one of the meatballs fell out of the sandwich. Uh Uh-oh. Landed on her keyboard. I lost my poor meatball. It's on my keyboard. That caused some sort of a malfunction with the laptop and the test, which is online, submitted itself incomplete. She received a 39.17% on the meatball extended exam. So she contacted her prof and said, listen, it wasn't me. It was the meatball. What can we do here? The prof did allow her to rewrite the exam. Hmm. Do you believe her that a meatball caused her to fail the exam? So random. Or do you think, (laughs) give her points for originality if it's a lie, but do you think it's legit that the meatball did that? And do you think it's fair that she gets to rewrite that exam? Well, I mean, things happen with technology, right? It can be our best friend, but it can also be our worst enemy. I've been in that scenario similarly. You know, I think we've all been there where we're going, we're working on a project of some kind or something for work and power goes out or your computer decides to crap out on you and you didn't save you didn't back up your work that sucks so i'd like to give some people the benefit of the doubt that's also super embarrassing and where would you pull that out of a meatball fell out of my sub and it was incomplete did you say it was not complete and that's why she did so poorly on the test see i believe her yeah i believe her because i think if she had really crapped the bed she would have completed the whole thing and maybe tried to come up with some other excuse if she was a filthy little liar but instead, she completed it, just didn't really complete it. She she entered it, and it wasn't fully complete. So I tend to believe her on this, and I'm okay with her having a second chance. That's not unfair to the other students who, number one, were fully prepared for that exam, submitted it complete, and did not bring a meatball sandwich into their exam? I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's unfair, no. Okay. Hot take. I like it. Here's a text message, 519-571-BEAT. Guys, one time I was bringing food in from the barbecue. A shrimp fell on the ground. I tripped on it and broke my ankle in two different places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you broke your ankle because of shrimp. You? Oh no. What? You tripped on a shrimp and broke your ankle? How do you even explain that at the hospital? That... Okay, you know what? I know that they're professional at all times, but they must have laughed. They had to have. Did you just say shrimp? Get in here, everyone. Listen to this story. Get in here. (laughs) So good. 73% of parents say they thought of a better name for their kid after it was too late to rename their kid. Oh, that sucks. So if you don't like your name, odds are your parents don't really love it either. Here's the top reasons. The name didn't fit the kid's personality as they got older. Mm. Why did I name you Bob when you're really more of an Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Their significant other picked the name and they don't like their significant other. (laughs) Okay. How many arguments have couples gotten to two over names? Maybe not even necessarily arguments, but you all get your vetoes, right? So when you first uh, realize you're going to have a baby, you start talking about names. And for, for one person, it's like, this is the name I want. And the other person's like, no. That happened with me and my husband. I did not like a couple of his name choices. No. Or his name. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you change that? I don't like it. I didn't mind his name, but I wasn't going to name my baby girl Taylor. <laughs> uh, a friend picked the name. 
changed their mind. They don't like it now. They didn't give the name enough thought. Okay, all right. The kid gets teased for their name in school. That's a tough one, right? yeah. A celebrity picked the name for their child. Is that a reason to change it? Well, Kanye was so popular in right, 2020. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> or or you named it after the celebrity because you thought, this is a good idea, and then that celebrity goes and does something stupid, and then you're like, shouldn't have named them OJ. Oh, bad idea. Mm-hmm. I have the worst names that parents regret the most. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, sure. Before I say it, if you're listening right now with this name, we're not saying you have a bad name. You have a great name because it's yours. But these are the most common ones. For boys, Hunter mm. and oh, oh. yeah, Hunter. I'm just thinking about all the hunters. There's a lot of hunters. Quite a few. Hunter and Jackson, but that's Jackson hmm. spelled with an X. J A X O N. Uh, is it just the spelling of the Jackson? Do you think, or is it that there's a million Jacksons? Yeah, it's entirely possible. It's a combination. Right. The two girls' names parents are most likely to regret are Aurora and Arabella. I don't think I know either of those girls. No, actually, so, that's very much less common than a, than a hunter. And definitely, actually both. And, and then a Jackson, too. This is the After 9 Podcast. Did you see the picture of the new patio they built at the Sundowner in Niagara Falls? <laughs> Do I want to? Well, I get that strip clubs are closed. And, and maybe there's people who really enjoy their time at the downer or seductions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you can't be indoors right now and you can't have people stripping outdoors even though they built a pretty big wall on this patio so they're offering outdoor dining okay for those people who just can't resist a good strip club meal mm, that is the number one thing that people go there for why are you laughing it's about the food is that that's what i always heard that's not true No, uh, some people go there for other reasons, but obviously the vast majority go there for the culinary technique (laughs) of the people who work in the kitchen. You know what, though? I mean, I appreciate the creativity all throughout this. We had a story a while back about a place kind of doing similar, but what they had pretty much was they had their, their ladies that used to work the poles out working the curbside. So if you wanted to order said delicious, I mean state-of-the-art food that you get at those establishments, you'll at least have a very good-looking person coming to bring you your food. With a mask on and gloves. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. So weird. That's kind of weird if your neighbor happens to be out on the porch and you ordered food from a stripper. That, that That's a little different. Um, <laughs> You're waiting in curbside number one, and then you, like, your neighbor or something pulls up to curbside two, <laughs> waiting for your food. Oh, hey, awkward. Uh, back to this outdoor dining plan down in Niagara Falls at the strip club. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. One time, purely for research purposes, when uh, I was on the radio in Toronto, We decided to go to one of the establishments that was semi-close to the radio station just to see what was on their all-you-can-eat buffet. Mm, mm -hmm. All-you-can-eat buffet. That sounds delicious. And entertainment, too. That's really good value for (laughs) (laughs) $9.99. One of the trays, there was only four. One of the trays had mashed potatoes. Another one had burgers... Another tray was just full of sides and condiments for the burgers. And the other one was a neat combination where they had chopped up hot dogs <laughs> and peas. What is it like? Almost like Franks and beans. Yes. Okay. But it was peas. peas. So you could still get your greens in. It was whatever canned goods they had available to them. Let's make no mistake about it. Has anyone ever had hot dogs with peas? Well, today they're doing it. (laughs) Obviously gourmet. (laughs) Obviously. You remember when we were little and they had regular shampoo and they had no more tears? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I got a great story about that. Yes, I do. No more tears was great because (laughs) even if it got in your eyes and despite mom's best efforts when she washed her hair when we were little, 
it did sometimes get in our eyes. Yeah. And the No More Tears was great because it didn't burn like the sun in your head. Yeah. Why can't we have a No More Tears sunblock? Because with the amount of sweating that you do when you go outside uh. during the day right now. Yesterday, I was trying to play golf. I was at Beaverdale. Uh, sorry, I was at Brookfield. Golf North property. Oh, very nice. Yep. And golfing away. Sweat just pouring down. And at some point, the sunblock that I put on, and it happens every time, starts to come out of your pores, and it runs into your eyes. And that burning feeling is like getting a hot knife in your head. It is the worst. So why can't we have a no more tears (laughs) sunblock? Maybe you got to change up your sunblock. You know what I always wondered is because I've got the kids sunblock and I've got my sunblock. But my sister, who is a nurse and whom I trust very much, is like, yeah, it's you. It doesn't matter. You can use the kids one. And in some cases, depending how young they are, they can use the other one at a certain age. But the ones I'm wondering for kids, are they not milder? The ones made for children. So what I'm suggesting to you, Scott, is perhaps, at least on your face, you pick up some baby sunblock. Maybe that will help you out. If you're suggesting that'll work... I'm into it. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that's it. Avino's got a great one. Uh, there's a couple different companies that the Baby Bum, I think it is. They all have a, a couple of good sunblocks. I think that might be at least your first your first chance at not being stung in the eyeballs. This week, I've been taking a towel with me when I golf. And I always have a towel with me when I golf, but that is to clean my clubs and wash the ball. Now I need another towel just for my face. When I play golf right now, it's like moving. I've got to bring extra clothes. I've got to bring towels, the whole nine yards. I don't know how you do it in this heat, but good for you. That's the love of the game, I think, is what that is. I'll tell you. My golf bag is so heavy with all the beer I have to stick in it and sneak (laughs) on the course. (laughs) I'm Uh, No one's ever done that before. Uh, One quick thing on that no more tears. I'll tell you this story and I'll out my sister while I'm at it. When we were little, there was that commercial. So I I assume you you remember the commercial for no more tears? I certainly do. So it showed like this little girl and she was cleaning her hair, a little boy. They're cleaning their hair and oops, suns get into their eyes and oh, don't worry about it though. They'll just wipe it away. Everything's okay. So when my parents purchased no more tears, my sister thought... This isn't even going to sting. She lathered up her hands and put it directly into her eyes. Oh, uh, come on. Let me tell you, there were tears. <laughs> there were tears. And I was on the floor laughing my butt off. It was the best. She was like, yes, they said no more tears. I'm like, you don't put it in your eyeball, you dummy. It's great. Uh, uh. I'm amazed if your sister still likes you after you told that story <laughs> no, on the radio. I'm the worst. Nobody tell her, okay? I'm trying to figure out if this guy is stupid or brilliant. Okay. Police in Chicago found a stolen SUV earlier this week. So they had it towed to the police station. Less than two hours later, someone else stole that SUV right out of the police parking lot. Mm. Cops are now investigating both thefts. If you're going to jack a car, is it stupid or is it brilliant to steal it right from the police parking lot? I have to think that the police are out on the streets and they're patrolling and they're probably not thinking too much about their own parking lot. Who do they call when they get robbed? You think, well, it, it goes with the with the old thought that if you look confident enough in doing what you're doing, you'll get away with it. And perhaps if this person looked confident enough that they were supposed to be there in that lot, even though... Cops were everywhere that you can get away with it. It goes with that old thought process, right? Just act like you're supposed to be there? Act like you're supposed to be there and you'll get away with it. That's what a lot of people say will end up happening. So perhaps if this person had that confidence and had that demeanor, it will make the officers, for example, that might have seen this person question themselves. Like, oh, no, no, no. They must need to be here because they're just out in the open. So they're supposed to take that. Okay. I don't Hide know. in plain sight. Yes. That's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Stealing a car that was already stolen from the police parking lot may be the perfect crime. Hey, I'm listening to you guys, and you guys are talking about that car theft in, I think it was Chicago. 
So yes. what if there was something in that car that those guys needed? Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, you have to question the mo- the true motive. It probably c- wouldn't be just the car, right? Because they've already been busted for that. You might be onto something. Exactly. I'm on a something. I'm calling it in. One eight hundred two 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 tips, my friend. That's right. That's right. Have a good day, guys. You too. We have Harvey's combos to give away, like we do every morning, to somebody who sends us a text message, and we just pick them at random. Some people will send us the really. The really, um, oh my gosh, you guys are the best texts. And those are good. Those are good. Sometimes people will send us really flirty ones, like, yeah, I'm going to make uh, Scott think I'm into him, so he gives me a burger. Um, sometimes okay. that works. <laughs> sometimes I've done Flattery it. sometimes will get you far, but sometimes it's also random, or someone who has uh, something to say about what we said, and they disagree with us. We like mm-hmm. that, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we do pick them out randomly, and if you text the show at any time, you are in to win. Uh, This is a text message that came in. Scott, you were talking about golf. 78? Wow. I can't even break 100. You're pretty much a pro compared to me. Oh, here we go. So you're going to give that person something is what you're saying? You got some good Uh, golf game. Scott, you're so great. Look, we're already not sure if Scott can fit out of his house with his head the way the size it is. Don't Matt, make it any bigger. Eight million ways to make that Harvey's combo your own. Go to harveys.ca for full menu. You're doing it. <laughs> You're doing it, aren't you? Daddy called me a pro. Oh, good. Oh. I shot a 78, and your first response was, well, you could do better. Yeah, and but I, I can't win anything. I signed something a long time ago that says I can't win anything on this station <laughs> or, or anything under the chorus umbrella. So obviously, I'm going to do that. Another text message just came in. Scott, you are so sexy. Could, Can I have a burger? On, hang on here. <laughs> it should be noted that I have control of who gets the prize on my end, okay? Okay, so I will decide which compliment to Scott or the opposite is the best one. No, I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm just saying that sometimes uh, people right? have a different approach. Really? Because you got your fishing rod out and you got a pretty big size worm on that hook, Scott. <laughs> pretty big, juicy one. I can see it from here. <laughs> They say this year is the year when more and more people are reliving their youth to celebrate summer because there's not as many options. A lot of things are still closed or it's difficult to get into because of distancing and because of all the regulations. So they asked people, what did you used to love about summer that you're bringing back this year? The vast majority, 44% said, "Mm, spending time with friends. Ah, Maybe you'll have a get together this weekend. Bonfires was number two. Camping in the woods, 30% said it. Swimming in a pool, 30%. Family vacations, family reunions, sleepovers with friends. I haven't had a sleepover in a while, but doesn't that sound like fun, Kat? A good old-fashioned, let's stay up late and build a fort in the basement. (laughs) Why did we stop doing that as adults? Because we're no fun anymore. Because we forgot how to have fun. No, our sleepover is just different. Our sleepover is more like, well, I kind of want to drink, but I'm supposed to. Okay, well, you know what? I'll have a bunch of drinks and I'll just sleep on your couch. And that's more in line (laughs) with our sleepovers as adults, right? It's like a last minute. Well, I guess I'm standing over now. Congratulations. You got yourself a house guest for the night. This isn't like the sleepovers we had when we were kids. Because I know that my mom used to bring you a blanket and a pillow and all that sort of stuff. Now you get nothing. You're drunk. Sleep on the couch. I'll (laughs) see you in the morning. on the, a couch is an upgrade. You sleep on the floor. Hopefully you're gone by the time I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to step over your body to get my coffee, so help me. <laughs> you ever thrown out an excuse, maybe a BS type excuse because you didn't feel like driving? You just wanted your husband to take the wheel? Didn't have a good reason for it. You just didn't feel like driving? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't really necessarily throw an excuse. I'm usually like, I don't feel like it. You drive. I yeah, don't want to. I don't feel like it. Okay, well, in this case, the guy didn't want to drive, so he made his wife do it. His excuse is kind of questionable. Honey, I can't drive. I'm way too hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Too hungry to drive today. It's bordering on hangry. So the reason this actually made headlines is because after throwing out the less common too hungry to drive excuse. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) The wife, who, as it turns out, didn't even have insurance, crashed into a pole. Oh. Nobody was hurt, but 
When the police showed up, they found out she was driving without insurance and they charged her. The husband had to wait even longer to get food because the investigation took so long. Boy just wants to eat. All you had to do was get from A to B without hitting anything, and he could have got a burger or a sub or something. Uh, I wonder if it was worth it. Yeah. Throwing out a nonsense excuse. I can't drive. I'm too hungry. Letting his wife drive, who wasn't even insured, and she got in an accident. That's a bad idea. What were they thinking? too hungry i mean it's one thing if you're feeling faint right you're you're so hungry you haven't ate that day stuff happens right life gets crazy been there where i'm just like oh i'm feeling a little bit faint i should probably not drive it doesn't mean you hand something the hand the keys over to someone who also should not be driving absolutely not it's like when you're drunk at a bar and you call your drunk friend to come pick you up it's not a good (laughs) idea it's dumb it's pointless people do stupid stuff like that all the time if your routine has been thrown off a little bit over the last little while maybe you had to work from home yeah i get it uh we've already had a text from richard this morning today is his first day back wow is glad to be listening and he set his alarm for missed connections uh richard just so you know if you want to hear the previous missed connections that you missed over the last three months they are always in the after nine podcast which is free to grab just about everywhere you get podcasts speaking of working from home 46 percent of people roll out of bed less than 10 minutes before they start to work remotely That does not surprise me at all. As long as your computer's on and it shows maybe that you're logged in for most people. Yeah. And let's be real. Even if you were at the workplace, even if let's say you go in for 9 a.m. at your job, are you getting right to work at 9 a.m. too? Are you there 10 minutes earlier? I mean, me personally, I'm usually at work about an hour before I start. I mean, you and I, we do. But there's no shortage of people who just screw around for the first 10, 15 minutes of the day. No, you're absolutely right. Um, 10 minutes before work starts and they feel like, hey, I'm here on time. Boy, that sucks, though, if you've got a Zoom meeting, doesn't it? Throw the ball cap on. We're doing a meeting today. Half awake, half asleep. Day is it. 46% wake up less than 10 minutes before their workday starts when they're working from home. They found the majority of those people have tried working from bed. Oh, that's a little weirder though, isn't it? Mm. You can tell, right? No matter how much they zoom in that camera, you can still tell if they're working from bed. Is it okay though? I mean, what's the difference? If they're comfortable in bed, and I only ask because when whenever we've had our big meetings, we do them on Skype. We do the Skype video. There was about, let's say there's about a dozen of us on this particular call. I'd say four of us, and I say us because I was one of them, was sitting in bed. Really? Now, I wasn't in bed, obviously. I, I was at home. It was in the afternoon. For a lot of them, I wondered though, were you in bed all day? <laughs> like I just sat here because it's the quietest spot in the house. But were you working from your pillow basically all day long? I was curious. I didn't ask. But yeah, it's it's interesting to know some people do. It gets weirder. Seven out of 10 say they've tried working from bed, but they had a hard time focusing. What were you doing in bed that you couldn't focus on your work? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that could be a simple, innocent, oh, no, I dozed off a little bit while I was working from home in bed. Or maybe you discovered something. Maybe you found something else besides the mouse. Maybe you were just a little too comfortable. Some people don't wear much to bed. Kind of weird when you set a laptop right on your lap. Yeah, see, this is where you get all those stories about, oops, I didn't realize the camera was on and I was totally nude. This is where these problems, this is where it comes from, everybody. If you were totally nude, in bed, working from home, probably the best thing that could happen to you is only being discovered nude because God knows what else you were doing when you were in bed on that Zoom call. Here's a text from Melissa. I'm surprised at the number of people who wake up 10 minutes before they start. I'm working from home. I get up early enough to have a coffee and wake up before I have to start. Yeah, Melissa, I'm the same way. I mean, I have an espresso made. I've got the garden watered. I've got the the dishes put away. I get all that stuff done before I even start work. It's great. 
And then when you're done work, just boredom. <laughs> you just lay around You've already and sweat done it all. all day. Yeah. It's all done. What is a tip out? Okay, so a tip out is there's a couple different positions in restaurant, and this is I think mostly goes for the bigger the chains of restaurants that this is common in. It was common where I was at too. So there's a couple different positions that get tipped out at the end of the night. What that means is I'll give you a couple examples. The host gets tipped out usually. Uh, the bartender will get tipped out, and usually there is an expediter that works in the kitchen. So an expediter is you know the chefs do the meat and potatoes quite literally uh, of the the. Plate, and then the expediter is the person that throws the pickle on the side, adds the lemon wedge, dresses it up the way it's supposed to be dressed up, and helps make sure that that plate gets to the table all in the background. Now, the busier the restaurant is, the more money the waiters and waitresses will receive, right? Because if it's a crazy, busy Friday night, it's insane. They get crazy tips, too, because their table turnover was great, but only because of the help of the hosts, who also usually clean your tables, and the expediter in the back who gets your food out quickly. But it's unfair to those positions, in a way, because the busier you are, you're making a flat wage. So the busier you are, you don't get really any perks to it. So why would you want to work a Friday night if you could just work a Tuesday lunch shift to make the same money? That's the incentive to work those busy Friday nights and Thursday nights or Saturday nights is you get tipped out. So it's a percentage of the food total that you get. The waiter and waitress has to tip out to those positions at the end of the night. Okay, but generally speaking, if I tip a waitress or waiter, I want them to get that bonus because they were the ones who served me. Sure, they served you, but with the help of other people. And a lot, in a lot of the cases, for example, you got a bunch of drinks, the bartender's the one that does those and sets them up on the side for the waitress or waiter to take them to your table. And the waitress, sometimes you'll probably notice, a waiter or waitress isn't even the person that brings the stuff to your table. Sometimes it's not even your waiter or waitress. It's just a way to make the whole thing fair and to keep those people basically coming to those back to those positions because they need an incentive. If, if it's a crazy busy night and it's stressful, you need to know that, oh, at least I'm going to get tipped out and it's a busy night, which means I'm going to get a percentage of the tips. That said, it's not a ton of money. We're not talking about they have to give away half their money. That's not the case at all. It's a small amount and it totally depends on the restaurant. Sometimes it's a 2%, 5% of the food total that they serve. So it's not like they're taking all their money. The reason I'm asking is because my daughter is a waitress and that's how she makes money in the summertime for university in the fall. She said since she's been called back to work and it's only out on the patio right now, people have not been tipping at all. She said the tips are a fraction of what they were pre-pandemic. That's too bad to hear. To the point where she was very upset when she came home from work yesterday because she made so little in tips that after the tip out, she lost money. It actually cost her money to go to work yesterday because she had to pay her tip out, but didn't actually make any tips. Hey, why doesn't the restaurant subsidize the salary of those people that are collecting part of the waitress or waiter's tips? It's one of these annoying things. It's just the way it's always been done. Same reason why waiters and waitresses don't make the minimum wage. It's just the way it's always been done. And that's the way it is. It's... I mean, I I, I hear you. It it, it sucks. I've had those nights, too. I remember being a server having those nights where I had not a ton of tables and I had to tip out at that point. And and at the end of it, I made nothing. And what a crappy like that sucks. It does. It sucks. But it's part of the deal because otherwise you're not going to have those people helping get your plates out to your tables and get people seating because they're not going to want those shifts. Why would they when they could just work another shift to make the exact same money? Well, I'm starting to think a couple of things. Number one, if we are going to go out, we should probably be a little more patient with the waitress and waiter staff, the ones who you deal with right there at your table, because if there's a learning curve for everybody and I get that some people are paranoid, but you don't need to be mean about it. The other thing is, um, if you really missed dining out, tip well when you do go out again. There was a long time when we couldn't go out. Now that you can, uh, take care of those servers because they've been off for a long time, too. Mm -hmm. And as my daughter pointed out to me, it costs her money to go to work or she could stay home and collect the serb. And it's kind of hard to argue with her when it costs her money to go to work. And it's not just her. I'm sure this applies to many, many people in the service and hospitality industry. Tip well, take care of your servers. And uh, I'm learning now that also takes care of 
hostesses and cooks and expediters. Is that what you called them? Yeah, the expo. Yeah. Okay. uh, Tip well if you're going to go out. They deserve it. They were off for a long time, too. Want to play a little game? Sure. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. You tell me in which one of these scenarios a guy is more likely to cry. Okay. This is tough. Is a guy more likely to cry at the birth of a child or at the death of a pet? Death of a pet. Almost double. 33% of guys will cry at the death of a pet. Only 16% at the birth of a child. I'm a little surprised at that. Yeah? Being dumped or a sad movie? Being dumped. Yeah. 15% of guys cry when they get dumped or have cried when they got dumped only 8% at a sad movie unless the sad movie was about them being dumped (laughs) who was filming this that's so mean okay you are two for two so far let's do another one is a guy more likely to cry when he's in pain or at a wedding ooh this is a good one I'm gonna go with uh Pain. Only 6% of guys will cry when they're in pain. Only 2% of guys will cry at a wedding. There you go. I'm going to call BS on that. I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's more and more guys that are crying at weddings. Maybe guys are holding it in, are getting good at holding it in too, quite possible. I know a lot of guys, though, that don't like weddings. Like, plain and simply, they just don't like them. I mean, you're one of them. I hate them. So. No offense to anybody who's make... getting married or got married. I, right. They're just not for me. So so would you be less likely to cry at a wedding then because of that? Probably. And I think <laughs> a lot of guys are with you on that. They don't love going to wedding. They're not like screaming with joy when they find out, oh, that by the way, that person's wedding is coming up next weekend, eh? They're usually like, oh, oh, uh, all right. No. So I feel like the emotions aren't there from the, from the start. So unless it was like your, you know, little sister or something like that, I don't see a lot of people shedding a tear. If you're going to cry at a wedding, it should be your own. (laughs) Why did I do this? (laughs) Why did I do this? (laughs) I'm so stupid. (laughs) I'm kidding.